0: Listening to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, where we are powered by Scotch tonight, episode 13 Notre Dame versus Georgia Tech. We're going to give a huge shout out to Notre Dame and how they made me eat my own words after last week. Uh, we're going to discuss whether or not rushing touchdowns or passing touchdowns are more important, and then, of course, preview the Irish's next opponent the yellow jackets of georgia tech not the murder hornets from 2020 apocalypse year sit down pour yourself a drink let's go irish three wide receivers right they're gonna go for two back to throw Watch, looks 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 has the time lost the ball the pass is it down on by Dawson close open receiver in the end zone touchdown notre dame somehow the Irish did it out of the pack, 30, 35, goodbye baby! At the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, 5 Five-five, rocket, touchdown, Irish! Zimikowski looking for a block, touch to the right, to the 40, gets a block, gets to the 45, 50, up to the 45, 40, 30, one man to beat, 20, 15, 10, he's done to the 5, touchdown, Irish! What's going on, Fighting Irish Faithful, and welcome back to episode 13 Happy to be talking to you this week, right before Halloween. Woohoo! Yeah, that's my terrible ghost sound. Anyway, uh, thank you everyone for joining me. Uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you. Uh, quick, before I get into the proper's here, quick shout out uh, to those who I engage with on Twitter. Well, something that inspired me to do this podcast is just, of course, interacting on Twitter, and I only use Twitter. For Notre Dame football and this week especially there were a few people I interacted with during the game uh, leading up to the game against Pittsburgh and uh, those people are as follows Stevie D Irish uh, at Stevie D Irish uh, my brother in the Emerald Island of Ireland Uh, cheers to you mate Zeke underscore ND. He's got some funny stuff out there. Check him out. Dos Leprechauns out in the Inland Empire. I think you're in the 951 area code. Yeah, uh, my friends out in Southern California. I was a 909 guy. So yeah, only, only people out in SoCal know what I'm talking about there. Uh, yes it's area codes uh jkz 4 uh that is john over at the always irish show very very good podcast great guy hilarious on twitter keeping it real he's got a really good channel uh he had uh i asked for his blessing to give him a shout out so there you go john and then, last but not least, D Bob N D D Bob N D. Every I think every single one of his tweets is somehow tied in with Rudy the movie. So if you hate Rudy, don't follow him. But if you're a, why would you be listening to this podcast if you hate Rudy? So uh, go to confession, you. Uh, but anyway, if you like Rudy, D Bob N D. So those guys, they're they're awesome. So. Uh, during the game, I'm, I'm tweeting out random stuff like terrible call or great touchdown or just funny shit like that. So, um, anyway, check these guys out. Awesome. Welcome to the show, the Fighting Irish Faithful show on Spotify, on iTunes. Uh, The YouTube channel had a little bit of a speed bump uh, this past week, but uh, yeah, for more explanation, go to my last podcast, post it up on YouTube, and it will be explained immediately. Um, And of course, anchor.fm, faithful underscore Irish is my Twitter handle. There you go. Let's get into it. This week's episode, we are finishing off the Cuddy Sark Scotch. It is a free bottle of alcohol I acquired. Uh, you may have to go back to I think episode two or three for the explanation of what uh, what and how I got said bottle uh, with another one. Uh, I don't even remember the other bottle. Gosh, it was it was not very good, and it was so long ago. All right, so. Uh, if you're in the United States, which most of my listeners are, uh, there's an election coming up next week, you know, if you're if you're into that kind of thing, so uh, yay for uh, our republic. But one thing I've noticed is that I'm getting a lot of weird texts that I've never gotten before. I don't know who these people are, more importantly, how the hell did they get my number, but uh yeah, I'm getting texts from this state person or that person's campaign and not getting into politics because I'm not going to do that on this show. So what I do instead is I reverse troll the person and I just say, check out the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast. So if any of you are getting random spam texts from people you don't know about politics, about weight loss, about diet pills, about this, that, or the other, you have my permission to tell them and direct them to the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast. Hey, we got to grow somehow. And maybe this is uh, the way to strike while the iron is hot, while everyone is happily texting. So Notre Dame versus Pitt. Notre Dame beat the crap out of Pitt last week. It was beautiful. This is the most convincing Win Notre Dame has had other than South Florida, but South Florida is not good. But certainly against Pitt that I have ever seen in my entire life. This this was a fantastic game. Now, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. I lost my cool. It was a good thing I was home alone. What, uh, doc, she was at work. And first quarter, second series, Notre Dame calls a timeout on first and ten. We're at our own 35-yard line, our second series. What the hell? We have the entire playbook before us, and we called time out on first and 10. I was yelling. I was shouting. Uh, Nachos had not yet been consumed. They were being constructed, um, so there was probably something in the oven about to get burned. But (laughs) other than that, that's the only thing I can think of that was really bad in this game for Notre Dame. Notre Dame was solid. They were convincingly dominant. And what did I say last week? Last week, I said Notre Dame needed to have a championship caliber level of play against Pitt to remain relevant, to remain part of the realistic conversation of the playoff. And they did that. They did that convincingly, limiting Pitt to just three points in the first quarter and zero after that 100% agree, 100% amazing. That was awesome. There are many excellent things. I've mentioned the score, three points. The defense, no touchdowns, no touchdowns. That is amazing. Notre Dame, continue to pay Clark Lee whatever it is he wants. He's doing a great job. Keep it up, Clark Lee and the defense. 44 rushing yards for Pitt. Okay, that is amazing. And if you look into the box score in Pitt's uh, play selection, 37% of it was rushing, which means 63% was, of course, pass, because I can uh, subtract uh, that number from one. Uh, but more importantly, their passing completion percentage was 12 of 33, 36% completion percentage. That is amazing. That is really, really good for Notre Dame's defense. Granted, Pitt is not a world beater, you know, passing juggernaut, you know, Mike Leach, Mississippi State. I almost said Washington State there. That's not where he is anymore. He's at Mississippi State. But that was really good. Another excellent thing. Notre Dame's defense limits Pitt to 23% conversion on third down. Talk about a drive killer, a way to really just stick it to him And um, Notre Dame is now fifth in the country at about 21% third down conversion for their opponents. So that is really, really, really solid. I, I cannot speak highly of any more highly of this. This is this is exactly what we need our fighting Irish to do. The national champion averages third down defense about 30% Notre Dame sitting 21. I mean, that's awesome, all right? And it's, I would argue, the fifth most important category of everything. Special teams, special teams, oh my goodness. This week's toast to Mr. Isaiah Foskey. Mr. Foskey blocked punt right at the end of the second quarter, right before we go in at halftime. Blocked the punt, pick it up in the end zone. You didn't even dive on it. You just like like strolled up to it like you're walking in the park and just reach down and grab the ball because you're you're just a behemoth out there and just you knew it was a touchdown it was amazing 28 to 3 going into Type talk talk about sucking the life out of pit the, the the game was over quite frankly at that point they came out we forced them to punt on their first possession that was it Another thing on special teams, Jonathan Doerr, six of six on PATs and one for one on field goals. Cannot ever complain about that. Doing exactly what you need to do. Keep it up, brother. And last but not least, what did I complain about last week? Offense, specifically passing offense. And Notre Dame, you told me to shut the hell up. You said maybe you were playing my podcast in the locker room. That would be sweet, but probably not. But what did I say last week? We were not, we did not have a convincing. Passing offense. We needed to show that. We you to develop that. We needed to not be so one sided. And I'll explain more later in this podcast why that's important. But Notre Dame told me to shut the hell up. We can pass the ball when it's relevant, when it's necessary. And we did that. On our first two touchdowns, we were both passing touchdowns, both by Mr. Skoronek. Oh my gosh. Talk about a coming out party for that guy. I believe he got the game ball. Amazing. And, of course, Mr. Mayor, a.k.a. the Cheat Code, he also got a passing touchdown. Three total passing touchdowns for the Irish. I love it. 319 yards, which is even better than what the national champion team averages. They average 279 yards. Massive, massive improvement for our Irish. So, uh, one thing, even better if, only 51% completion percentage, but at the end of the day, the results... Are really what's sta- down, what what stands out. Three ru- three passing touchdowns, uh, 319 yards. Really, really good. Again, rushing continues to be the bedrock foundation of our offense. 60% was the play selection. So good on you, Tommy Reese. And even sticking with it, even though Pitt was the number one rush defense in the country last week, uh, we still generated 115 yards. Nothing sexy, but two rushing touchdowns when it mattered. So good job, Notre Dame. And here's the thing. These numbers, they don't sound on the box score too convincing. However, they are when you look at our third down conversions. We were 61% on third down. We were able to keep our drives alive and our time of possession. This is astounding. 40 minutes, 59 seconds, over two-thirds of this football game Notre Dame had the ball. Our offense was on the field limiting the other team's opportunity to score, and we just sucked the life out on them. The most important, amazing thing I noticed, though, in this game, everything else I just said was really good. We capitalized on Pitt's turnovers. We had three interceptions. What did I say last week? We needed more turnovers. Well, we got them. We got three. We jumped up plus three. We went from a dead even zero for the year to plus three. We, had we Notre Dame, had zero turnovers, so that's really good. Three interceptions, but we scored touchdowns, 21 points on those three interceptions. I love it. I was loving it. Uh, we we looked legit that was a very very convincing win I'm not getting all sunshine and rainbows I'm staying grounded in reality but when you look at the numbers you look at the expectations Notre Dame fans of what I put out last week I said this is what we have to do these are the metrics we have to hit and we hit them punt returning is still kind of crappy but hey if you block a punt you don't even we don't even need to return it we get a score I'm okay with that so Uh, Good job, Notre Dame, capitalizing on the turnovers, keeping the rushing game going, getting some passing touchdowns. It's amazing. And this is definitely what we needed to do because, like I said last week, again, the Big Ten started up. Ohio State had a good win. It's no surprise that they jumped up in the top three. I think they're ranked second or third or something right now. But Notre Dame is sitting pretty right at fourth. The playoff was today. And Notre Dame would be in it. It's uh, them, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, and Alabama. So, you know, Notre Dame's in it at fourth in the AP and the coaches poll and also in Sagarin. Notre Dame jumps from 27th up to 4th in Sagarin. And why? Because, A, we played a team with a better uh, strength of schedule. Some of our other opponents also won. But we won in a convincing fashion. Our margin of victory in this game, outstanding. So as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to discuss uh, what is more important, passing touchdowns or rushing touchdowns. And clearly, in the past, I've said that scoring offense is the number one one important stat that was until last week where i was curious as to how many touchdowns the national champion was producing and how did they rank so on average over the last 10 years a new stat was created in my spreadsheets and that is the number of touchdowns by the national champion the national champion averages 75 and a half touchdowns for the season with a ranking of 8.4. scoring offense is there for 441 points and ranks 11th. So number of touchdowns is the most important stat, which of course makes sense because you have to win. Uh, we have to win the game, but you have to score more points in order to be, beat your opponent. But I didn't think that was enough. What is the breakdown between those touchdowns? Is it rushing touchdowns or passing touchdowns? Is there a bias? If you have a good quarterback, if you have a Heisman Trophy running back, wh- what does that come out to? So, not getting too much into the statistics here, but on average, the national champion ranks 12th in rushing touchdowns and has 36 rushing touchdowns. The national champion's passing touchdowns, they rank 20th and they th- throw for 36 passing touchdowns for the season so the breakdown between the two is 48 percent rushing touchdowns and 47 percent passing now you're going to say wait you add those two that's not 100 percent no because the stat also includes special teams and defensive touchdowns you know pick sixes fumble recoveries uh you know joey gethrall julius jones style rakib ishmael run it back from for a touchdown. Those kind of things. All right. And those are pretty rare. Those are kind of hard. So it's not a it's not a high percentage um, of likelihood. It's possible. And it can be a, certainly a difference maker in a big game. But on average, the national champion doesn't rely on a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown. The numbers are saying that on average, passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns need to be equivalent to as far as your percentage of scores, and both around 36 on average. What's interesting about this is there are only a couple exceptions where there was a bias. In 2009, Mark Ingram was the Heisman winner for Alabama. Alabama that year scored 59% of their touchdowns via rushing for 31 total. On the season, Alabama in 2009 had 52 total touchdowns. However, that was not the biggest disparity. In 2011, Alabama actually had 61%, but they didn't have the Heisman Trophy winner. The Heisman Trophy, of course, that year went to Robert Griffin III. But even then, there was a, in general, they had a very good running base team. And that is why they won the national champion. As far as passing bias goes, there have been three Heisman Trophy quarterbacks who have also won titles in the last 10 years. That is Cam Newton at Auburn, Jameis Winston at Florida State, and Joe Burrow last year. Now, you would think that on the flip side of that, the passing touchdown bias would be heavily in favor of Joe Burrow. And that, that is true. Only for Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. Joe Burrow threw 61 touchdowns last season, and that accounted for 64% of all of LSU's touchdowns. However, it is not the over the last 10 years the largest margin of touchdowns scored by the national champion via the pass. The highest percentage of pass ver, over rushing touchdowns was in 2015 for Alabama, And that team as a whole had 72% of all of their touchdowns were via pass. That is astounding. And it is kind of bucking the trend. But in general, half of all the teams that won the national champion had a Heisman trophy, either a running back or in three situations, a quarterback. And clearly in those situations, you are going to use your best player, arguably the best player in all of college football, to help you score points, score touchdowns, and you're gonna use that strength, be it Cam Newton, Mark Ingram, whoever. Unfortunately, when you look at these numbers and you compare it to Notre Dame, overall total touchdowns. Let's go to 2012. 2012 is an interesting year. Clearly, it was a very highly defensive team. And I look back on that team with Magic. I, I love the 2012 team so much. However, when you really break down these numbers, Alabama in 2012 scored 71 total touchdowns. That's total touchdowns. Forget passing, forget rushing, 71 total touchdowns. Notre Dame, less than half, almost half of that, 38 total touchdowns. You talk about just not having as many points, not as many opportunities to, to score. Notre Dame's best year for total touchdowns was actually last year. Notre Dame finished ranked, I think, 11th. And we scored 61 touchdowns. And most of those were by pass by by far, like over 60% were by passing. So Notre Dame needs to go back to that 50-50 split. The one year they were close to the 50-50 split was the year we made the playoffs. We were 52% rushing versus 45% passing. That's because we had quite a few pick sixes that year. But regardless, the total number of touchdowns that Notre Dame scored was 51. Again, national champion average 75. And Clemson that year in 2008 had 90 touchdowns. So Notre Dame was almost 30 touchdowns short for the season compared to Clemson, the national champion. And that showed In the playoff game. So I'm not saying that to beat Notre Dame up. I'm saying this is the expectation. This is the level of performance that these other teams are playing. If Notre Dame wants to stay on track, wants to compete and be relevant in the playoffs, have a shot, they need to be, in my opinion, producing 75 ish touchdowns for the season. Not 38 like in 2012 and not 51 like 2018. They need to be sniffing at the 70s. They have to. The least number of touchdowns was scored was 52, and that was Alabama in 2009. But again, if you got Mark Ingram on your team, hey, that's pretty awesome. So that's what's going to happen. But if that doesn't happen, forget about it. So, moving away from the national championship and the playoff picture, let's start zeroing back in on our ACC schedule and our next opponent, the Murder Hornets, excuse me, the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. They are murdering no one right now. They're not too hot. However, I wanted to look first at Notre Dame's schedule and recall that in 2014, that is the year that Notre Dame started to play a more ACC focused schedules. You know, four, five, six teams a year, and 2014 was really that first season. In 2014, Notre Dame played Syracuse, North Carolina, Florida State, who could forget that game, and Louisville. In 2015, Notre Dame played Virginia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, and bc 2016 notre dame played syracuse duke uh, uh, sorry i'm gonna vomit a little bit thinking of the lost duke in 2016 nc state not a fun game to remember miami well that was a win and virginia tech 2017 north carolina wake forest boston college north nc state and miami 2018 syracuse Florida State, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest again and Vatech. Last year, 2019, Notre Dame in the ACC played Louisville, Virginia, BC, Duke and Vatech. This year, of course, they have, you know, most of those teams. One thing that is interesting is the teams they've played the most. If you were writing all that down or have a really really sharp memory, they've played 3 teams 4 times since 2014. That is Syracuse, Wake Forest, and Boston College. There are a few teams that they've only played twice. Virginia, NC State, Miami, and then Notre Dame's next two opponents, Georgia Tech and Clemson. Both of those teams, the last time we played them, was in 2015. So I found that quite interesting how our next two opponents, we've only played twice and that's including this season so notre dame heads down to georgia goes south of the mason dixon line for the first time this season and uh, hits the road again which i'm glad i'm glad we're on the road and we're going to hopefully beat the crap out of georgia tech Georgia Tech is coached by second-year head coach Jeff Collins, who was 5-7 and seven last year. Uh, this season, Georgia Tech is 2-4. They are 0-1 versus teams that are in the top 25 of Sagarin, and they are 2-3 versus their ACC opponents. Notre Dame, of course, 4-0 in the ACC and 5-0 and overall. Jeff Collins has a career win percentage at Georgia Tech of 27%, 5-18. Not very good, but for his career, he is 46%. BK is looking quite handsome at 72% at Notre Dame and 71.8% at his career. These coaches have played each other once before. Jeff Collins used to be the head coach at Temple, and the last time they played was in 2017. Georgia Tech ranks four-year recruiting average of 42, and Notre Dame is 13.25. Georgia Tech is ranked 94th in Sagarin, but their strength of schedule is 19. Notre Dame is 4 and 64, respectively. Uh, of course, uh, Georgia Tech is not ranked in any of the major polls. Notre Dame dominates Georgia Tech in almost every single category and certainly the top 10 categories. Total touchdowns, scoring offense, rushing defense, rushing touchdowns, third down defense, total defense, total offense, sacks per game, and tackles for loss, Notre Dame is better and higher ranked than Georgia Tech. The only 3 categories that Georgia Tech is better, quote unquote, than Notre Dame this season are passing touchdowns, don't care too much, red zone touchdowns, eh, that's kind of important, and then passing yards. Again, don't really care too much about that. So, all these other categories Notre Dame will dominate them. Teamrankings.com is getting giving Notre Dame a 97% win percentage to win and Notre Dame is given a 19 and a half point spread advantage over Georgia Tech. So if you're a betting man, if you're, uh, you know, doing some sports betting, you're going to be in Vegas, or you have some uh, casinos uh, run by the mob or some uh, Native Americans in your uh, local area, you may want to put some money on this. Georgia Tech is not impressive. I actually would argue that this is Notre Dame's Uh, second easiest game of the year, number one, of course, South Florida, then this team. Uh, I believe team rankings gave Notre Dame a better percentage versus Florida State, but I think Notre Dame's hitting a stride here. They're starting to be on the up and up, and if they can continue to build momentum from last week, they will be able to overcome Georgia Tech. Let's go into their house. Let's push them around. Okay, kind of the opposite of coach Dan Devine from the uh, movie Rudy let's build on the success of last week let's continue to improve continue to work on our passing let's continue to perfect and work on our craft because the next week is Clemson let's not look ahead to Clemson but we need to be focused and concentrate on dominating Georgia Tech and we need to get lots of reps we need to work on our craft as I said to get ready for the next team because you know darn well that is going to be a huge huge game and it's going to be you know us versus them and we just have to be ready we have to be ready so notre dame do what you got to do practice hard this week uh go down to the south and win just win guys uh at the end of the day we want you to win winning is all that matters and keep it up boys i'm I'm very happy very excited getting excited i've already started planning the podcast for clemson again i'm just super juiced up halloween is coming up uh you know is halloween even gonna happen with covid i don't even know but uh, hey, we'll buy some Snickers, and if we get no trigger treaters oh, darn. Oh, I have to eat all these Snicker bars. Oh, damn it. So, <laughs> anyway, take care, everyone. Uh, peace and blessings, um, and go Irish.